What is truth? Seldom black and white, usually complex. The fifth column goes on the inside in search of it. Fifty years ago, the Berlin Wall went up and split a country in two for 28 years. Hundreds tried to escape from east to west. Some were successful, others died in the attempt. Jerry Northam reports. This is Bernauerstrasse, which became infamous for the many inhumanities it witnessed. Families divided, desperate would-be escapers shot dead. Today, Bernauerstrasse is visited as a memorial site for the long stretch of the wall which has been preserved here. It makes an ugly and haunting monument. There is uh, one famous quotation of one lady who lived here, Regine Hildebrandt. When I was looking out of the window, my bum was in the east, whereas my head was in the west. The director of the official memorial to the wall is Dr Axel Klausmeier. This is where people jumped into freedom in the very last second. It's also the street where the tunnels were. We had... In this street alone, 11 tunnels. Two were successful. In one, 29 people escaped, in another one, 57. But at the same time, we do have five victims of the wall in that street alone where people died while escaping. I've seen archive film of a bride standing on this street in tears on her wedding day. Yes. And she's in tears because... Her parents live two floors up and are lowering a bouquet to her, but they can't come to the wedding. No, the wedding uh, was scheduled to be in the West, but the parents were living in the East and no one could predict that uh, this would happen, that the borders were to be sealed off. And all of a sudden, her parents, still living in the East, could not join this wedding, which was extremely sad. And they are all in tears. So we walk through this gap and we're now in the... In the death strip. And here only border guards were allowed. So between these two walls is the death strip, called for an obvious reason. Yes, 136 people died between 61 and 89. And you've erected this metal structure... 20, 30 feet long, with photographs. These are the people who died. Most of them were shot. Others drowned in the rivers because in Berlin, in many areas, borderland was automatically a river. Then we have 30 people who had no intentions to escape whatsoever. They were from the West. You will see several children. And here are... Tiny children. Tiny children. There is uh, Cetin Mert, a Turkish boy from the West uh, uh, Berlin district of Kreuzberg. He, on his fifth birthday, fell into the river Spree and drowned because he was not rescued. No one dared to rescue him from Western authorities. Because they would be encroaching on the Eastern Zone. Yes, that would have been regarded as a border offence. In the museum at Checkpoint Charlie... Alexandra Hildebrandt has preserved a small vehicle which was adapted by one informal escape committee. Little BMW is there where the people could escape. So somebody could lie in. 
So if we look in this tiny little car, there's a space under the back. Oh, I see. Under the back shelf, there's just space to conceal somebody and drive them through the border. And this was used, was it? Yes, it was used eight times. The last one was unsuccessful because the woman, she was a little bit too big. And the East Germany border guard saw something wrong because the car was too low. But seven people were actually moved into the West in that tiny little bubble car. Yes. A rather more spacious car was used to hide Klaus Schulz Ladegast and his wife as they fled to the West in 1967. They paid 20,000 marks to an escape group who drove them across the border. The couple had with them nothing except the clothes they were wearing. We took the train to Prague and from there to the border area where we met up with our helpers. They had a specially prepared car, a Buick, which had a secret compartment where a person could sit half above the wheel and half behind the glove compartment. My wife got into that secret compartment first. They drove her across, and then they came back for me. I was next to be hidden, and they drove to the border crossing with me. You have to imagine what that was like. They pick up the car bonnet, and you hear absolutely everything. If I had made any sound whatsoever, they would have heard me, and that would have been the end of it. But they didn't. Nee. <laughs> It went well, and we met up on the other side with our helpers in a little village. In the evening we went to the local cinema, and the film that was playing was The Spy Who Came In From The Cold by John Le Carré. Set at Checkpoint Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Klaus had to pay his helpers, but many other escape groups sprang up and charged nothing for their services. Rainer Schubert and his colleagues secretly organised passage to the West without payment, motivated by their loathing of the East German regime. They also loved the thrill of living dangerously. We helped out 129 people. How did you get them out? <laughs> we got them out in a car, hidden in a car. And one uh, escape helping was, uh, I like it, we bite a tiger in Prague, in Czechoslovakia. A tiger? Yeah. And in the cage of the tiger was a double flow. And in this double flow, there were two people. And the Czechoslovakian border guards, they don't like to check the cage. <laughs> so you got two people into the West... In the cage. ..smuggled underneath a yeah. tiger. That was a nice thing. I never forgot it. The day the wall did come down, the 9th of November, 1989... Berliners from both sides celebrated together in a frenzy of reunification. Soon the Iron Curtain followed, reuniting Germany and the whole continent of Europe. The Cold War was consigned to history. The wall fell as suddenly as it had gone up. With 50 years hindsight, Frederick Taylor looks back at that ominous day, the 13th of August 1961, as both a high point of authoritarian planning and a signal that communism itself would not survive. By about 1960, it was possible for a lot of people in the world to look at Russia and the Eastern Bloc and say, perhaps it is better. Perhaps this is the system that will triumph. 
And indeed, the Eastern system, the communist system, was capable of enormous feats of organisation of a short-term kind. One looks at the, the, the Russian victory in the Second World War, the huge effort they put into defeating Germany. And it was the same with the building of the Berlin Wall. That was a huge effort too. But the trouble is, the object of that enormously smooth, successful and well-organised operation was to stop the people of one communist country, East Germany, from finding a better life elsewhere. So on the one hand, it was an enormous feat and a great show of strength in its way, in that regard. But in another way, of course, it was a show of enormous weakness. To hear more of our podcasts and to have your say, visit our website, www.thefifthcolumn.co.uk.